This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Yeah, you know, sometimes the results hide that. You know, you're you're not getting the wins that you want. Um, you know, if you look at it from the outside, you say to yourself, uh, boy, is it working. Um, but I think when you're in there and you see guys battling, you see guys playing until the very last snap, um, it, it reminds you that we have really good guys in this team who um, it's, it's not our time yet, but it will be soon. And um, this is where we're at right now. We've got to fight our way out of it. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Got our contact established with Matt Rule, head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So we open up our uh, our Zoom line and welcome the coach in. Coach Mick, along with Eugene and uh, Jim, uh, let's start with the, your evaluation of the tape. When you sat down to watch the tape of yesterday's regular season home finale, what were you looking for and what did you see? You know, well, obviously I was watching the, to see um, uh, how we played, where we are. You know, we had to, you know, because of COVID and a couple injuries, had a chance to see some young players play. Some guys made their first, you know, their, their, their debuts. So uh, wanted to check them out, um, see how see how far they've come along. Obviously, when you you look at that game, you know there's some good things that happen. There's some bad things. You know, we we march right down the field. Um, we have a walk-in touchdown. You know, unfortunately, Amir trips over the over the blitzer and and, and the ball is incomplete. Uh, Sam makes a great play, gets the ball down to the ten yard line. We're you know we're hopefully going to walk in on that play. They tackle us. You know, so they hold us to two field goals right off the bat. Uh, they have they have a big long run, uh, but as I, as I told the team today, uh, you know the guys battled. It was it was thirteen to seven or, or excuse me thirteen to six, um, uh, with a minute forty one left, and we gave up the big play uh, uh, right before the half. And so, you know, football games come down to three or four plays. We know that we know that all too well. Um, unfortunately, those couple of plays went against us, and so. Um, you know, we're going to try to learn from them, but it was good to get some guys, uh, key reps, uh, guys like Steven Sullivan, uh, play a little bit more Frankie Louvood inside linebacker, uh, a bunch of young corners got reps, Brady Christensen, you know, played the whole game at left tackle. So it was good to see guys play and make plays and, and, uh, help us assess where they are. Coach, you mentioned that sometimes results hide what you do. What are some of the things that are being hidden uh, from your evaluation? Well, I'll, I'll see. You know, this is a win or lose game, right? This is a results oriented game. So, um, you know, I, when I say that, I don't mean to say that, you know, that, that we're getting the job done. We're not getting the job done. That being said, I'm seeing a bunch of young players grow. Um, they're growing through adversity. You know, you look, we watched that whole fourth quarter and you see guys like Yitor Gross Matos, Miles Hartsfield played a great game. They're playing man to man on Gronkowski down in the red zone. Uh, you know, Keith Taylor, Kenny Robinson, CJ Henderson, guys that are going to be playing for the Panthers for a long time. Some of whom, you know, are, are in bigger roles right now because of the injuries to AJ and Dante and JC and many more, but you know, they're stepping up. And um, um, so, so, you know, the results are not what we want. That's what the fans want. That's what I want, but I see the work. I see the development and I truly believe that we're going to look up at one point, and have a veteran team full of guys that, that played early, that played through games like yesterday, that learned hard lessons, that learned those tough lessons, but they were, 
they were mentally strong enough to keep coming back out there. I mean, Shai Smith is a guy that's been inactive and he gets in the game and within two series or three series, you know, he's got a 60 yard play. And so uh, those are, th those things bode really well for the future. They don't make us feel very good right now, but uh, they do bode well for the future. And you mentioned Shai Smith there, coach, uh, with the passing game. I know you're looking to get a spark and get more out of the passing game. And it felt like the seven quarterback sacks got inflated because predictably you're passing every down and they're, they're kind of pinning their ears back. But overall, did, did you see that improvement you were looking for at least for one week as far as the overall passing game went? Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought we, you know, we, we, we were, you know, closer to 50, 55, 60% uh, completed more balls. Um, and, you know, as I said, we had, you know, we had two chances at touchdowns. Unfortunately, Amir tripped on the one. The other one was just off his fingertips. Those would have been huge plays. Um, you know, we, we, we know Tampa Bay, they're, they're a great defense. They're a great defensive front. You know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, put a lot of pressure on your quarterback. So uh, puts a lot of pressure on your line. You want it, you want to be 50, 50, but the game that went in such a way that we couldn't be, but you know, I, I thought you saw Tommy tremble. I thought you saw Terrace Marshall, obviously Robbie and DJ, you saw a bunch of guys step up and make some catches, make some plays. Uh, wasn't good enough. We, we all know that, but uh, there was some growth. Coach Rule, when you rebuilt the two college programs that are a big part of your coaching legacy, where were their O-lines when you first took over? And then how much attention did you did you need to give to getting those two college O-lines better before things began to click for you as a team? Well, when I, when I took over Baylor, I think they only left, uh, you know, there had been a lot of uh, – there been a lot of departures because of uh, there was some scandal there. I think I think we had five alignment when I first got there, two of whom didn't make it to the fall, so down to three alignment. So I moved, uh, you know, two tight ends to the offensive line. I think we played Oklahoma and lost. We had the ball with a chance to go down and score and win against Oklahoma. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, we did not do that. But it was a kind of a huge game for us early on there. And our left tackle is about two hundred seventy-eight pounds, so. Um, that, that was, that was a challenge. Um, you know, we got here, obviously there, there, we have some really good players on the offensive line. Um, we've addressed some other areas, you know, we've addressed receiver, we've addressed, we've addressed, uh, the secondary, we've addressed the defensive line linebacker, you know, um, you know, offensive line wise, those guys are playing hard. I'm so appreciative of them. Uh, there was only one guy that started yesterday that started in, in the first week. Um, so, you know, you, you look way back when. We play the New York Jets, and to think that we'd be playing this week and, and only one of the five starters is the same. There's been a lot of turnover. But, you know, that's that's what we're all dealing with right now with COVID. I hope, my, my thought, my hope, my prayer is that uh, the depth we're building by playing a lot of guys will pay off uh, in, in the future where a lot of guys have played a lot of football. And, uh, you know, Scott and I both know that there has to be a real investment in that position. You know, you can't invest in everything at the same time. Um, but these guys are working hard. They're playing hard, and uh, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully they can play well. You know, this week versus New Orleans, which has a great front as well. So, coach, you mentioned the guys playing hard, playing well, and and trying to do their best. So, when you start to evaluate the last couple of games uh, and evaluate the players that will be on the squad even next year, does the threshold for um, to make this team does it go up? Are you going to be a little bit much more stringent of what these guys need to do to make this team? Well, I, I don't think our standard's been different. I just think, you know, we, we, we started with, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we started with, with, with not a lot of returning guys. You know, most teams win with homegrown talent. 
you try to supplement that with uh, with free agents. Uh, last year, you know, the first year we were here, we drafted all defense. This year, we traded back a lot and, and tried to get more picks because, you know, for the previous five years, you know, prior to us getting here, the Carolina Panthers had had one of the fewest amounts of draft picks. So we wanted to get some guys in in the fold in the program. Um, so I think I think the standard will be the same. You just hope that the level of competition continues to rise every year and you hope that um you know that you feel so good about your roster that you're not getting to the 53 cut and claiming you know four or five guys from other teams that you have enough guys on your team that you feel good about and and that's what i'm saying when i sit there and, and look at terrace and shy and when i look at uh, you know kenny and 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 jeremy chin and all those young players out there playing um you know they're making young guy mistakes it's not always perfect but they are growing up in our system and uh, I know that that's a recipe for, for success, you know, um, uh, homegrown talent, guys that learn things your way for the very beginning. It can be frustrating for a while, but if you're patient enough, um, you know, it pays off. Well, Matt, a number of teams have had to deal with significant COVID numbers, sometimes in the 20s. And I know today the players here were sent home and you're around 12 or 13, I think, last count at some stage right now in the protocol so uh as you get into your work week i know it's gonna be a little iffy as far as knowing what that's gonna look like for sunday uh, how do you prepare for a week like this and how kind of flexible and loose do you have to be in, in trying to get your team prepared for the saints in this way well you have to be really flexible um you know last week on saturday i got the news that rashawn melvin was not gonna be available on sunday morning we woke up and found out that brandon zilstra was not gonna be available which you know, when, when it's a receiver, you have to move three other guys around, you know, because everyone's kind of has their role. Um, but that that's where we are, you know, as, as a society, as a, as a National Football League. Um, and it's an opportunity for guys to, to show out, go out there and show what they can do. So um, uh, we, we will take this week. We will look and see who we think is going to be available. We'll, we'll take it day by day. Um, we'll go through the process and, 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 and try to get as many healthy guys out there as possible on Sunday. Saints play uh, tonight. Ian Book possibly, I guess he's going to start for the, uh, the the Saints and the Notre Dame rookie coach. Did you have your pass crossed either on the recruiting trail or preparing a, a defense? Help preparing the defense to face Ian Book. Do you know much about this rookie QB? No, just just uh, last year he was at the Senior Bowl when we were there. I, I left very impressed with him. I thought he had a nice feel for the game. Uh, athletic, quick. Um, uh, you know, make, makes great decisions. And, you know, anytime you play for Sean Payton, you know that you're going to, you know, you're going to play in a good system that's very quarterback friendly. So it uh, should be a good game tonight. And, um, and then we'll have to wait and see which of the three quarterbacks we'll face next week. How much is not having players like AJ, Dante, JC, and now Gilmore, how does that affect what you do in the secondary? Because I've always said in the secondary, you can't make mistakes. If you make a mistake, it's typically a touchdown. Well, it affects everything. You know, uh, you go into a game and you say, hey, we're going to play it this way. And, um, you know, you lose a guy or two and all of a sudden now it changes your entire game plan. So we, we really tried to address the corner position this year. Um, we think those guys were all great players. It's really a credit to them. Um, you know, Troy Pride went down early. Uh, JC went down early. Uh, you know, Dante, unfortunately, has been out. AJ out last week and now Stefan. So, um it's uh, it's it's not ideal, but guys like CJ, uh, guys like Keith Taylor, Stanley Thomas Oliver, um, Andre Harper came off the practice squad. Uh, those guys all battled and, and, did, and did did a good job for us. 
It was the the first game, obviously, in a number of weeks for Sam Darnold. As you went back and looked at it, uh, and you've worked with him on mechanics and so forth, how did that look, mechanics, footwork, arm strength, as far as being his first game back? Well, you know, he made the big play to push the ball down the field. I thought he handled the rush. You know, he was under you know, considerable duress, took a couple sacks. Um, but I thought Sam made good decisions, protected the football. Um, you know, I thought it was a really nice first game back for him. Lastly, Coach, before we let you go, you sit as the head coach at the top of the pyramid. You're the door that people knock on when they want to talk, when times can be challenging. Who do you talk to when you feel like you need to talk to somebody? Uh, well, I get in the good book. <laughs> there, you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Coach. On the scriptures of, of the Lord, Lord above who, who, who knows all things. I'm certainly not the most perfect Christian and have all many vices and many problems, but I turn first, I turn first and foremost to the good Lord above, uh, you know, throughout all these games, wins, losses, uh, you'll see me at the 50 yard line after every game, giving thanks for the opportunity to be there and coach these young men. Uh, I hate that we're losing because these guys are winners and uh, we're going to keep pounding the rock, but I have a wonderful wife. I have a great father. Uh, Scott Fitterer has been a tremendous friend to me, Stephen Drummond. Uh, Bruce Bruce Spate has been a tremendous source of inspiration to me and uh, so many players in so many small ways. Sometimes the players don't even realize it. It could be a, it could be a, you know, a, a little, a, a note from Amir Abdullah or a text from Trent Scott. Um, you know, we all go through this together and uh, uh, you know, there, there's so much pressure on these players. There's so much pressure on me. Uh, there's so much pressure on Scott, on all of our coaches um, but I lean on, I, I lean on our coaches, you know, I lean on Phil Snow, I lean on Evan Cooper, Mike Saravo, Al Holcomb, um, I lean on Shaq Thompson and Christian McCaffrey, so many guys that I'm just blessed to be a part of every day. So many people in the, uh, in, in the, uh, uh, you know, uh, staff that's here. And when I'm having a bad day, I walk in the kitchen and I see Chef Willie and he always tells me he has my back. So this is a wonderful place. And, uh, you know, I hate that we haven't brought enough wins here yet. But, but I know that we're pounding the rock and, and that eventually the rock will crack. And, uh, but, but make no mistake, uh, when I'm at my lowest, um, I, uh, I look upward nowhere else. Great words, Coach. We know those, uh, those winds are coming, the brighter days, and they're going to be even more joyful because of some of the stripes. Thank you for your time on tonight's show, and we'll run into you later in the week, we hope. Thank you, Coach. All right, thank you all. Appreciate you, Coach. Matt Rule, our guest on Panther Talk. Good question. Great question. I mean, you got a great answer. That was, that was good. Yeah, I thought Coach was expansive. I like that. He did. I thought he did. I mean, under all the duress and all the stuff of being a head coach and when things are not going well and to still be able to talk to us, I think that's, I mean, I think that's outstanding. And to, and to deliver what he delivered today, I thought it was outstanding. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, we got a broadcast roundtable next. Zoke with Sean King. A little bit of a, uh, a, a glance in the rearview mirror. That's going to be a fantastic interview. And then we'll have Scott Fitterer as well. It is a full show. We call this Panther Talk, and it is on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome are back for another season of Jordan and Jake. Each week, Jordan and Jake share their thoughts on Panthers news, take a trip down memory lane, and keep you updated on Jordan's farm and Jake's horses. Jordan and Jake and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. 
This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I think when you see their dominance on the offensive and defensive line, you know, for them to have seven sacks today, for them to protect the quarterback, we were not able to get to Tom Brady today. You know, you could sometimes look and see just Tom and say, well, he's the greatest of all time. Uh, but uh, to me, it's really the, the way that everything else is built around him that makes it all go. And so um, they, they built that over time. Uh, they added the quarterback at the right time and have had a lot of success. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Thank you, Mr. Big Voice. It is Mick. The You're welcome. And Ginny Rob. In the house. So did it seem to you guys, we mentioned this a little bit on the air, Eugene, that the, the, the ferocity with which the Buccaneers secondary came up and in run support, I mean, there were times when the play ended right there on the exact spot where they arrived. I thought they, I just thought that the Tampa Bay defense was very, very fast. It was evident. It was evident in the secondary. It was evident at the corner position. It was evident at the linebacker position. I mean, they seemed to be everywhere. And there was never – Cam Newton was the leading rusher yesterday. Beyond that, there was not much else. The running backs collectively – at 14 yards. There was not – was 67 yards total. And, and you got to give credit. And I saw the same thing against the Saints when they played the Saints and they held the Saints to nine points. Well, they, they lost the Saints nine to nothing, but that defense was rocking and rolling and moving very, very fast. And we saw a glimpse of it once again here at Bank of America Stadium. They're very, very good defensively, no doubt about it. And they didn't even have Winfield, who's excellent. And, and, then, and then Barry got out the game. Barry went out the game too, didn't he? Yeah, and Jordan Whitehead was very good, and um, Murphy Bunning, Murphy Bunning, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean played well. Yeah. I thought he was he was stayed in phase with some of the Panther receivers and tipped away a couple of balls. I remember one intended for Robbie Anderson, who was uh, who was open. Um, somebody said to me today about our, our Panther passing game that it seemed to them as though we can't protect. When we do protect, the receivers aren't open. When they are open. We miss them, or if we don't miss them, they drop it. <laughs> a lot of moving wow, parts. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of I mean, moving I parts. That's kind of been it in a crucible. Yeah. It's just been <laughs> tough. That, that, that children's game mousetrap <laughs> 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 where the ball would like come down the ramp and have to all these, do all these things to make it finally get yeah, in the bucket. <laughs> exactly. Everything has to happen just right. Or it felt like operation where you touch the thing and. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't forget, they started early in Tampa Bay in zero blitz. They had zero blitz. Uh, coverage basically, so it's man to man, and they're sending you know six guys. But after that, they just started doing games and getting, getting the quarterback down. They were just doing four man rush four a lot man of the game. Rush at the, four man rush then became the norm, and and when you got a four man rush, wow, my goodness, seven sacks. Yeah, they're getting home with four and and maybe mixing in a fifth. It's problematic. So everybody can see that. We know that. I'm not a draft nick. I really don't do much looking at at, at who's got. The inept tech fighting oysters, do they have a deep snapper that we might be interested in? But I did allow myself a little bit of time today because it's sort of getting to be mock draft season. So if the Panthers were to draft right this second, Carolina, I believe, would pick sixth. I looked at Kenny Pickett, quarterback out of Pittsburgh, about 15 minutes of his video today. He has that, and it's worth watching, he has that fake slide he sort of fakes like he's going to yeah, slide, uh-huh. and the well, defense pulls can't do up, that and anymore. he scores. I know. Um, <laughs> and, but, and there are a lot of – it seems to be a lot of tackles, O tackles in the draft. State's got one. Mississippi State's got one. Probably be top 20 each. So here's what I think is going to happen. I know I'm rambling. Sorry. Good. Panthers 
may trade back a little, uh, retool the O-line, see about quarterback. I mean, I think it can turn around quickly. I, I swear, I'm, I'm optimistic. It, it can't turn around quickly. And here, why? Because as a professional, you take your lumps. And you take. we've been taking a lot of lumps this, this, this season. And you learn from those lumps. And those lumps educate you. And they make you better. They really do. And then it, it fortifies that what we saw on the offensive line. It starts to fortify. I, I would imagine if those same bunch of guys come back next year, they won't, they won't have the same performance that, they, that we've seen on the offensive line. It'll be much, much better. And I'm sure they'll add to it. I mean, with, between the draft and free agency because the cap's going up. So you got opportunities there. All right, injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of the mouse. Course. Your way. No, I'm not there. Okay, there you go, my it's bad. like a false start. It's like five yards. There you go. Yeah, false start. Uh, among those put on the COVID list today, we won't get into It's like we're on to 12 or 13 now. Is Brian Burns, uh, Marquise Haynes, Phil Hoskins, Shaq Thompson among those added today. Stefan Gilmore dealing with a groin injury from the game yesterday, also part of the situation. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care. Your way. The Zoke with Sean King. Dip into the Panther history files coming up next. This when Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Go behind the scenes of the Carolina Panthers. Join Kristen Balboni, Darren Gant, and Will Bryan for the happy half hour. Each week, the gang covers all things relating to your Carolina Panthers, both on and off the field. The happy half hour and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. First of all, credit to that team. It's a great team, great offense. Uh, obviously, Tom Brady, you know, great player, one of the greatest. Um, but we did fight today. Uh, obviously, that's not the end goal. You know, we're, we're never satisfied. We're just playing hard. Um, we didn't execute enough today. We just got to put it together. Um, this is a team that's going to continue to fight, come in and work. Uh, that's one thing I, I love about this team, you know. Regardless of what happens on Sunday, we come in on Monday and, and, and ready to work the rest of the week. You know, throughout the game, there were a couple of plays that you wish you could take back. I mean, that that seems like it happens week in and week out. You know, there's always you look back and it's like, oh, just there's two or three plays here and there. Uh, but once we eliminate those play, eliminate those plays, and uh, I think we'll be all right. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Silkey, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Talking with former Carolina Panther defensive lineman Sean King, part of the original Carolina Panthers draft class of 1995, second-round pick out of Louisiana Monroe, and now author of a book, The Journey is Just as Important as the Destination, is the name of the book, by Sean King. Look at you, Sean, football player turned author. That's a great story. Yes, sir, man. I'm uh, very happy about it. Uh, this is my first rodeo. <laughs> never, uh, <laughs> never wrote a book before, so, you know, I'm learning on the fly. Well, tell us a little bit about the book and just uh, what people can expect when they, they delve into it and read it. The book is about my journey. Uh, you know, it's an inspirational book towards the end or at the end. But, uh, you know, it really shows my mindset before, you know, my introduction to God and after my introduction to God. So I walk you down through that journey with me. And it's it's, it's a lot of heartache, pain and uh, triumph. And I think it hits all spectrums. You're going to make you laugh, cry, angry. So I think it's a it's a good book. You grew up in a small town. I know you had some some great parents that uh, helped you uh, to get through those those early years as well. Tell us a little bit about just where you came from uh, prior to coming to the Panthers. 
Yeah, uh, well, from a small town, uh, a lot of people know it as uh, Duck Dynasty Country, uh, West Monroe, Louisiana. Small town, one high school. And, uh, you know, it was a place where we didn't have a lot of heroes uh, and we struggled with hope. But uh, as a little kid, I just wanted to get my family, you know, above the poverty line and do better for myself and uh, end up playing sports. And it worked out for me. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of good people supporting me and, and picking me up time after time, you know, so. I really appreciate where I came from and, and the people that were in my life. And I want to get to the faith component of when you actually made that turn in just a moment. But when you came to the Panthers early on and into the NFL, you had some you know, not always the brightest days, right? Some dark days in there mixed in with, with the good days. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. I had some up and downs, man. It was a, it was a great time, uh, you know, but I took myself down some, uh, some, some roads I shouldn't have went down. And uh, it was hard lessons, but at least I learned from them. And uh, man, it was it's yeah, it was a tough experience. But I had a, you know, it made me the person I am today. So it sounds like at the center of this is your faith journey and your faith itself. So when when did that turn for you? Obviously, after you were a Carolina Panther. So what caused it, and when did that happen for you? Yeah, my son was about he was going on three years old, and uh, he got RSV, and he was laying there on his deathbed. Uh, man, I was at a point, I was at a low point in my life uh, where I was tired of losing things and. You know, I was tired of fighting this battle, and uh, I just made a promise to God if he saved that boy's life, man, I'll do whatever he wants me to do. And uh, and he came, he saved my son's life, and uh, he made me hold up to my promise, and that was the best best thing that ever happened in my life. I was able to uh, get on the team and join the power team with uh, John Jacobs and evangelize all over the, the world, and uh, man, saw a lot of great things and was able to touch a lot of great people, and was able to give back. God showed me. I didn't think you can give back unless you gave people money, and God showed me different. My time and my effort and my smile or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, just the little things you can give people. Now, last as I mentioned, you live here in Charlotte. I know you're a Panther fan for life. You know, you see Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, and some of these edge rushers. What do you, what do you see all these current Panther defensive guys getting after the quarterback? Oh, excitement, man. We're It's exciting to see that D-line take over a game, man, and, and, and come to play every game, and those guys really get after the quarterback. So it's it's exciting to be a part of it. It's exciting to see and because uh, we got some talent on that team, man. All right, Sean. So, again, the name of the book is The Journey is Just as Important as the Destination. Sean King, former Panther, as the author. And, Sean, I suppose it's available uh, wherever fine books are sold, as they say, right? Yes, sir. It's available on Google Search, uh, Amazon, uh, iTunes. You know, it's, it's available anywhere you can get those books, man. And please go out and get it because – I think it's life-changing, you know, I really do. I think it's going to touch each and every person that reads it. And I'm not just saying that, I just really believe that. And uh, go out and prove me wrong. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I I, I believe you, Sean. So It sounds inspirational. Can't wait to get our hands on that. Hey, and best of luck uh, with the success of this book coming out. I sure appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for uh, having me, and thank you guys for helping me out, man. I really appreciate you guys. Listening to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast has never been easier. Simply download the Amazon Alexa app, add the Carolina Panthers skill, and say, Alexa, play Carolina Panthers. Now playing Carolina Panthers. Be sure to also add the Carolina Panthers flash briefing to your morning routine. For more information, visit Panthers.com. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. 
yeah, there hasn't been much continuity. Um, but that being said, you know, every one of those guys who gets a chance to go out there and play, um, it only prepares them for the future. It prepares them for the next chance that they have to, to go be a starter. Um, it shows us what they can do, gives us insight into, you know, what a guy's role potentially could be. And, um, you know, in the midst of even disappointment, you'll see guys make plays today, make big plays. Shy Smith makes a big play today. And uh, that allows you to say, okay, hey, you know what, maybe we have a chance moving forward with this player at this position um, and, and really kind of figure out what needs you have to identify. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Guess we should get to the news of the day with General Manager Scott Fitterer, our guest on uh, Panther Talk. This virus doesn't seem to really care about NFL football as much as we want it to, especially the Panthers, does it, Scott? No. You know, uh, we came in this morning and we had a couple new uh, positive cases, and we expected that after the holidays and people traveling and, you know, being around family. And uh, the main thing is just make sure the health of our players is okay and their families are okay. We can adjust from a football side. You know, we can always bring in other players, and that's our job. We just want to make sure our players are safe, and we're putting them in the best environment. It seems as though this year, even maybe more so than last year, teams are just having to hang loose and, I mean, change the roster, make late adjustments. Is that your take on it as well? It is. And, you know, and, and it's not just us. It's every team. And it's that, you know, we're professionals, and this is our job. We have to be ready. We have to anticipate. And we have to have answers, you know, when something comes up. So, you know, we woke up Saturday or Sunday morning, and we had to make an adjustment to the roster. But we're ready. Our coaches are flexible. Really, it puts a lot of pressure on, you know, Don Toner down in the equipment room. He's got to get jerseys ready. He's got to pull pads, you know, make sure the jerseys are printed up for the right players. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it, um, and we're just thankful for all the people that pitch in uh, on short notice. Yeah, we can't have a Panther taking the field with uh, his name being written in there in a Sharpie or anything. we we got to have it right, and I know Donnie does a great job. Scott, I, I want to go back to uh, to a point kind of Matt Rule tried to make in the postgame. He made it very artfully, but I want to get your take on it. Could there be a blessing moving forward in some of the struggles of this year, the depth that we've had to play and that type thing? I think uh, you have to be really honest when you evaluate your roster. Where are we at? Where are the holes that we need to fix for next year? You know, we found out a lot about who these players are and how they're competing throughout the season. Um, but from a personnel standpoint, okay, we need to go back and watch the tape. How do, what, how do we address the offensive line? How do we address the defense? What do we do to change? And this is, this is a good uh, part of the season to find that out. You know, um, the coaches are going to put players in. We're going to test some players. But we're still doing everything we can to win each and every week. Uh, we, we owe it to the players on the team to do that. We owe it to our fans. But we're also uh, into finding out what we have on the roster, these young guys, uh, and how that relates to next year. Brady Christensen's moved around a lot. He's had to slot in. Do you see him improving? I do. I thought he played well yesterday. He did really well in pass pro. You know, there were a couple times, you know, he uh, gave a little bit of pressure. But they, they were playing a lot of games up front defensively. And, um, but overall, you know, Brady, he looked comfortable out there. I thought he played well for the most part. What did Sam Darnold show you in his return to the team? I tell you what, he showed a lot of mental toughness. You know, it's hard when you go out there and, you know, you can act like you don't hear it or, you know, try to play it off. But you hear, you hear, you know, the crowd's reaction. And I was so happy for him to step up and make a play that he did and find Shai Smith down the sideline, make a big play, and just kind of got everybody moving again. And, you know, Sam, Sam's a good quarterback. If you go back to the first three games, he played well. Uh, we just need to get him back and playing good football and making good decisions. And, uh, you know, this will be a big offseason for him. Our friend Scott Fitterer on Panther Talk has 
Cam Newton changed any of some perceptions, Scott, that you might have had about him from 3,000 miles away? Absolutely. He is an absolutely wonderful person. He's a great, great worker. He's a great teammate. No one says anything bad about him. You know, and, and I saw him from a distance from Seattle, and you think you kind of know what, the, what he is. You see him as a competitor, but you, don't, you, you think you know who he is as a person. I had absolutely no idea. I've been so impressed with him, his work ethic, his, his toughness, his leadership. He walks in the building, there's an energy behind him, and it's, it's been really special being around him. It's that time of year where the mock drafts and things start popping up, and uh, how deep are you and your staff into some of the, the talent eval that will go into the, the Panther picks this coming spring? Well, you know, we went through our college meetings already. Uh, we have the top 30 players. We have not started our draft meetings or building our board yet. We're aware of these players, but we really need to sit down and study them. We're still working through this season with our players with uh, other teams' practice squads. We're also getting ready for free agency. So there, there's a lot that goes into it. You see the mocks, you see all those things, but there's so much changes between now and April. We just have so much to learn about these players and their competitive makeup and their work ethic throughout the spring. All right, two last questions. One about the draft. Is it? Uh, do I remember right that you told us a few weeks ago that you, you feel like this might be a deep draft for O-linemen? This is. I think it's going to be a really deep draft. And, you know, it's not just at the top of the first round where generally left tackles may go, you know, four or five in the first 15 picks. Uh, this will be a draft that's deep, you know, uh, into the 40s, into the 50s. So there'll be a good chance to get uh, several players that can help our, our team. Sounds great. Here's my last question. Last interview, you, you mentioned a word that stuck with me when I asked you about the holidays, what you expected at your house. The word was chaos. How did it pan out? It was chaos. <laughs> we nailed it. Um, it was fun. It was great to see my, my parents. I hadn't seen them in a year. Uh, my sister and her, uh, her boys came down, her husband, sister-in-law, uh, in-laws. So it was, it was a full house. It was a great four or five days, and now it's, uh, they're all heading to the airport today. So it's a little quiet time around the house. Welcome, I'm sure. Somebody once said, I like Christmas lights, but I also like taillights. So, uh, Scott, we appreciate you as always. Thanks for your time. Awesome. Thank you, Mick. Were you love, quoting yourself at the end there? Love and taillights around the holidays. <laughs> as somebody said, or as you said. Uh-huh. Yeah, as a great person. Get to getting. Said, I don't, uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't. <laughs> get to getting. Got to leave. Bye. Man, the noise at, I don't know. What was it like at your house Christmas? It, it wasn't that bad. A lot was, of family in? No, my mother-in-law, she's in town, so we we hang out with her and whatnot. So the Zoe. Ours is chaotic because the kids like yours are grown. And so they all have girlfriends and boyfriends and married, and now we have a grandchild, and, and, and you know, they got to be at the next house for the next yeah. one. So it, 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 nothing was at our house, which I actually liked because you can pick your arrival and departure time as Peace. opposed to at your house. So it was hectic, uh, but it's got a lot of layers to it now with all the yes. kids, and now they're grown-ups, and they have other places they have to go in addition to yours. It's almost, mm-hmm. it's like nearly impossible. We actually did one of ours on December 23rd with Sandra's family. It's like, we're bumping this up to like, we're going to like start claiming December 18th, one week <laughs> out will be Christmas. Or there, you, there you go. So the Saints at the Saints and then the, uh, the, the Bucks at the Bucks to wrap up. The Saints game got flexed today, moved. I don't even know if TV had anything to do with it. I've heard that it was the, sh- that the Sugar Bowl is going to end in New Orleans at the Superdome around midnight. And getting the stadium turned around was wow. going to be problematic. So this that's why just occurred to them. Are going to be playing. <laughs> it wasn't like they just scheduled the Sugar Bowl this week. I mean, it's kind of not fair to. I mean, my, I know my view is Panther centric, but this changes a lot for uh, the people that 
organize travel, that arrange hotels, that figure out ingress, egress. Yep, uh, it does. And, and, and I think it's probably going to cost uh, – I know it's going to cost the Panthers some more money. I bet the NFL is not going to be writing any checks for the inconvenience. No, they probably won't write any checks for the inconvenience, but that's that's part of that's that's just part of the, you know, what happens in the National Football League. The games get flexed because towards the end of the season they try to keep flex games. All right, they want to see those matchups too. And don't forget, this is a game too that is it means something. It's going to mean something for the Saints. It's going to mean something for the Panthers to beat the Saints to get on a roll or at least to evaluate themselves and say, hey, we're not bad. We're, we're a lot better than what we are. As far as the, the travel goes, the, the Raiders last week had a Saturday game in Cleveland pushed back to Monday. They were on the buses getting ready to go yep. to the airport. So imagine making a two-day change of yep. now traveling from a Friday to travel on a Sunday to play on a Monday night and all, 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 that went into all the shenanigans of all that. All good points, but let's not cloud the issue with <laughs> facts <laughs> and logic. The Panthers are mad as heck, and we're not going to take it <laughs> We're not going to take it <laughs> Somebody has to pay. Let's make it be the New Orleans Saints team. All right, okay. let's do that. So, That's um, totally here. fine with that. So you got 7-7 seven and seven Miami at 7-7 seven and seven New Orleans tonight. This should be a good one. We'll break it down when Panther Talk continues next. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Each week on the Jordan and Jake Podcast, Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome share their thoughts on all things Carolina Panthers. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Pulled up the Saints depth chart today to start filling in some things. And on their website, they only had one tight end, Nick Vanette. And uh, but a lot of backs: Dwayne Washington, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, Tony Jones, fullback Adam Prentice, a rookie from out of South Carolina. It really doesn't matter, does it, guys? I mean, just figure that Sean Payton, if he if they come out in the single wing with a spinning fullback, they're going to move the football somehow, some way. Yeah, and it, don't don't forget the running backs you just mentioned. They're good enough to move the move the chains. All of them. They're good enough, and, and Alvin Kamara is one of the best backs in the National Football League, bar none. So I would imagine that he's going to have a huge, huge role, not only tonight's game, but next week's if if everything goes well for uh, protocol. But and as you said, they stuff. did beat Tampa Bay, and they only scored nine. Yes. So the defense won that game for them too. So that they got their struggles on that side too. So and their defense is very, very good. And they've been, you know, obviously Jameis Winston going down early. They got COVID. They got other injuries. They're down to like their ninth quarterback. So it's uh, it's tough for a lot of teams to get towards the end of the season like this. Demario on their defense. Demario Davis has always been mm-hmm. was kind of admired his game. Linebacker, Arkansas State, his tenth year. And they got corners, you know. When they're healthy, Lattimore, yeah, and uh, I guess Paulson Adebo, rookie from out of Stanford. Bradley Roby's been in the league a while, Ohio State player. But then the safeties, Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, PJ Williams. So they got some, they got some. Yeah, but I think it's their defensive front. I thought mm-hmm. that their defensive front has always been, and we talk about Cameron Jordan. Cameron they, Jordan always owns he's us. He's always <laughs> they've always been that that team. And then when they start doing those little games and twists and things of that nature, and based on the fact that we've been really in that bat trying to stop those games and twists and things, you're going to see a lot of it. You're going to see a lot of uh, the linebackers mugging up in the A gaps and then pulling out, and then you see games and trying to go and sack the quarterback. They are very effective at doing that. And once again, they were effective against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. doing that. So many times coaches have insulted the Zoke and me without meaning to really, or maybe they mean to, by saying, <laughs> Eugene, as you would know. As you would know, yeah. Kevin Donnelly, as you would know. Jordan Gross, as you would know. Which has caused the Zoke and me to wonder aloud, uh, what, what do we know? <laughs> <laughs> and probably the answer is, 
we don't want to know because it's probably not a lot. But the one thing we do because know you would know with your smooth voice when Zoka's <laughs> you would know when preparing for a, a game when you, you got to know you got to have situational awareness. So as the as you would know, <laughs> Jake Delhomme is going to be the color analyst. So mm-hmm. the one thing that we have to know is that Christian Ringo, number 70, went to Louisiana Lafayette because <laughs> oh, he's probably going to bring it up <laughs> on the broadcast. You know, stories about his middle school days uh-huh. when he first met his parents. Exactly. Additionally, we need to know that number 79, Jordan Mills, left tackle for them, went to Louisiana Tech. Oh, there you go. It's all parts. See, the world we live in is much harder than – I mean, it's dog-eat-dog and vice versa out here. Absolutely it is. Also, (laughs) while we were up in the press box, while we were in the press box working and eating uh, cookies, uh, Jake was walking into the tunnel with Tom Brady yesterday. Arm in arm. Uh, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And and we said, what'd you talk about? Nothing about football. Of course not. Why would you talk football with Tom Brady? I know, man. I can't. I can't Good even call get on the that. elevator to go down. Much less get out on uh, the there you go. field but, with TB12. Well, yeah, Jake got some clout though. There yeah, you go, Jake yeah, he All right, we gotta Indeed. take a break here. We'll come back with uh, much better radio than what you just heard <laughs> next. Right after these messages from Bank of America Stadium. Go behind the scenes of your Carolina Panthers with the Happy Half Hour podcast. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Got about two minutes with Azok and Jeannie Rob to wrap up. There's that old saying about the definition of insanity. Do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. So what do you guys think the Panthers will do, particularly on offense, to try to, to win these last two games? Well, I mean, it, it all starts with the offensive line. It, it, it does. The offensive line has to be intact, and the offensive line has to be able to protect not only the quarterback, but also has to be able to open up some the holes for the running back. And so it starts with them. And if they're not collectively doing their thing, it's going to be trouble. I would like to see what we saw with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay had a line, a lineman in the backfield. They had the tight ends at the line of scrimmage. And they were double-teaming the front four and, and double-teamed to the, to the linebackers. I would like to see something like that. That means you committed to the run, but at least you got more people than what they have and see if you can get some yards with that. I will agree and second your comment about the offensive line because you could drop the greatest plays on the planet Earth and they won't work if you don't have the time or the blocks mm. to make them. And that could be a running play. It could be a pass play. So really the only thing that beats the fact that you don't have time to throw is the ball's got to come out quick. So it's got to be a screen pass. It's got to be these quick smoke routes or bubble screens, a quick slant, and, and then maybe that frees up where you can get the rushing game going because, again, outside of Cam, there was 14 rushing yards by the running backs. Maybe that would create some rushing lanes if you could at least make them know and be aware of the passing game. Because I think teams are loading the box and say, we're going to stop the run and we're going to dare you to try to beat us with the pass, and they're playing that percentage. Not every time, but a lot of the time that's happening. And another thing I would I would do is up-tempo offense. I would go ahead and do up-tempo offense. We'd do almost like a two-minute drill and see what happens. Keep right, those got, guys tired. All right, in 10 seconds or less, do you see Sam Darnold playing more these last Yes, two? yes, absolutely I would yes. think so. No doubt. Sort of see what you got. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I think that you're going to see much more of Sam Darnold and less of uh, Cam Newton. Good show, fellas. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for being here. Yeah, we got podcast Are we doing a there. tribute to you? We got you, Byron uh, Putman over Put, there. Put. We got Wendell over there and David Langton over there. And it's all been <laughs> Panther Talk. We'll see you next week for another edition of Same. This.